ladies and gentlemen, we are back and uh, we have a special edition of uh, the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast as we are currently recording this on Monday night around 8 p.m. I'm your host, Elio Canella, alongside the man's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. Ben, how are you, sir? Recovering very slowly from what I would qualify as an absolutely shit edition <laughs> of WWE Backlash. Uh, oh no! I'll tell you what. There, there were two good matches on the show, and one of the good matches had a shit finish. So overall, you know, like you know, one and a half solid matches out of out of I believe there were seven matches on that card. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's just it's not a good look for the company because. I'll say I could have I could have slept until the main event and not missed a goddamn thing. <laughs> I, I just you know now now granted the show was built around you know Edge versus Randy Orton the so-called greatest match ever which you know when when you have a match that's built like that especially in in today's day and age. Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get away with it, and either way, you're gonna be handicapping the match because you know the match itself was very very good, mm-hmm. and I, I mean you know very entertaining and, and a very good wrestling match. But w- w- what I even put it in in the same you know encyclopedia as the greatest match ever, or even in the conversation, no. No chance in hell. So when whoever makes the decision to book a match like that, you know, it's like you're automatically doing both Randy Orton and Edge a disservice. And I don't think that that's fair because, you know, talent of their caliber doesn't deserve that. Having said that, both of those gentlemen absolutely delivered uh, the goods uh, last night, so I was I was happy for um, for Edge on that on that front because you know this is the match that he should have had at WrestleMania, uh, and certainly not the uh, you know the last man standing mm-hmm. uh, stipulation that was that that match was saddled with. Um, you know, we've already gone over our own individual thoughts on that one, so uh, we're not going to rehash it, but uh, we will certainly get into um, our uh, deeper thoughts on Backlash um, overall uh, throughout the entire card later on in the show. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's just... I have to tell you, every time I am I am forced to watch WWE nowadays because of my loyalty to this podcast, it, 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 it really, you know, it really does hurt my heart because it's like we, we joke around and we have a good time on here, but it, it's just as a fan, being a fan as long as the both of us have, to see WWE in its current state, it's just absolute shit. 
So you go through the pain and then you come to visit your therapist every week. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, this week is going to be my confession because, you know, so Father Elio better don his collar. Uh-oh. Um, because we are going to, we we're, we're definitely going to be breaking down some walls and, uh, you know, all right. Causing some damage this week because my God. All right, so let's start on that one. We have we are going to go over the NXT takeover in your house. Right. Then we'll get into backlash, and then we will cover Raw, AEW, NXT, and SmackDown. Absolutely. So absolutely and loaded show for you this this week. All right. In addition to. Everything that we're going to cover, the two pay-per-views in our normal shows, we are also going to fire up the DeLorean this week. We are going back to 2003. Yes, because uh, today in uh, 2003 was uh, Bad Blood, which was headlined by one of uh, a very uh, uh, violent situation, which was... uh, Kevin Nash and Triple H in uh, Hell in a Cell. This was the uh, this was the big payoff to um, Kevin Nash coming back to the WWE over the summer, wanting to uh, you know kind of get the click back together. But this was this was back when uh, um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were having their uh, their Bitter feud where yep. and uh, this was um, bef- prior to evolution forming. Uh, yes, so this would have this would have been just before that because I believe uh, I I know that they had formed before um, Survivor Series that year, but th- yep. this was this was a few months before that, so. Um, all right, so let's get into NXT TakeOver in Your House, which took place on June 7th. Someone got a pretty cool birthday gift this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, you know what? Over overall, um, for uh, for what it was, there was there was a lot that I enjoyed about that um, show. Okay, so highlights and lowlights. What do you have? Now, just before we get into that, you know, just a few uh, general comments. Um, I loved the set. I know, and right? The, the oh, throwback to oh, the, oh. To, to did the you, old did school. You, did you see the first one? The first thing in your house? Yeah, where they where they sold the where they literally sold a house to a fan. That was yeah, yeah. I love that set. That set that, that was so cool. I'm yeah, like, and, and, and it was good to see Todd Petney go back. Yeah, and you know what? He he actually looks good, and he should um. He should give the the current uh, crop of 
you know, on on screen interviewers um, or voiceover people some lessons because he he sounds better than the people that they have doing it now uh, by a long shot in my opinion. So it was it was just a really nice touch um, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, see him do his thing again. And then the other the other thing that um, the other small touch that I noticed was. Uh, William Regal taking over the reins from Lord Alfred Hayes and doing the uh, emotional consideration paid for by the following. Exactly. See, you know, you you have you have to you have to leave space in these shows for Elio to do his impersonation. So, you know, I I gave you all the layout there. So, hope you enjoy yourself. Um, but yeah, it was it was really uh, funny and kind of uh, nostalgic to hear. Um, I really like the the little um, the little uh, classic lines that they drop, like "Call the one nine hundred number right now." <laughs> like, wait, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, yeah, I think that w- that went out like twenty years ago, man. <laughs> oh, that was so great! I just, like, uh, just, like little yeah, things, little things like that. It was just awesome. Absolutely, and um, and I really liked uh, the garage cam that they had mm-hmm. uh, that came into play uh, during uh, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. which which to me that was. Um, that may have been match of the night for me, Keith Lee and uh, okay. Johnny Gargano. I thought that was that was really uh, well done. And um, you know, do I think it was at the level of of, of a normal takeover with the crowd? Uh, no, um, I don't. Uh, will, will it? Uh, you know, will it go down as a good show? Yes. A good takeover show? No. I like uh, um, I like um, Code Orange's performance at the beginning. Yeah, I um, you know I really enjoyed that, and I actually I actually looked uh, them up because it, you know it sounded familiar, but I couldn't place it. It turns it turns out that they're the same band that does uh, Bray Wyatt's theme as well as Aleister Black's. So that. The fact that I did not know that right off the bat kind of um, surprised me because, you know, Aleister Black's... So, yeah. Oh, wait. Um, Code Orange does Aleister Black's song? Yeah, and... Are you sure? I think it's it's Incendiary. Well, that's the name of the song, I think. No, the name of the song is Root of All Evil. Well... That's that, well. Originally, that's what I thought too. You know, uh, but but they, I heard that they did an Alistair Black song. So I I don't know. I was a little all right. I was a little I was a little bit confused by that. But I I I do think for sure that they do Bray Wyatt's theme. I mean, uh, like I have it right here on my Spotify list. Uh, Alistair Black, Root of All Evil, song by In. CFO dollar sign and in, featuring incendiary. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe Code Orange did another uh, an updated version. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. 
But either either way, the the song that they did was um was really cool, and um I actually looked up the the female singer, and uh, I I was really impressed by that, and their uh their bass player looked like he belonged in a in a in a wrestling ring, that's for sure. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, quarter, uh, the song's called Underneath. Exactly. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I put it on my uh, Spotify playlist after the show. Really good, but um, but yeah, this um, right? That's what I always do with every theme song. I I, I put it on my Spotify list. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think overall they did they did a really good job with it with um the show. Um, like like I said, I don't think it rose to the level of of a normal uh, takeover show largely because, um, you know, I think you, you need a legitimate crowd in, in attendance in order to do one of those shows. And because of the fact that, you know, the, um, the NXT trainees in the audience are so, uh, you know, so monitored and, and produced by, no, uh, WWE staff. Um, I think it, it lacks that feeling. And then, you know, the you know the first match of of the evening was. Um, let me let me pull up the card here, just so I don't get any of the of the names wrong. But yeah, the first match of the evening saw uh, Kansas Lorray, uh, Dakota Kai, and and. Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez uh, yeah. uh, taking the loss against Mia Yim, uh, uh, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart. And Knox actually got the pin over um, over Kai, which actually um, surprised me. But um, but that was a nice little play off of their. Uh, off of their long-standing feud, and it'll be interesting to see if the feud is over from uh, this point going forward. Although I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Because, um, you know that that match was good for what it was, um, you know, but um, it was almost like they got it on the show just for the sake of getting it on the show. Um, because you know, I think I think that match could have been could have been better if if it had, had more build. I think it only got, I think it was only put on the show the week before um, the pay per view. So um, so I'm not sure why they decided to put that on the show. But uh, for what it was, you know, ten minutes long. I you know I don't have a major problem with it. It just wasn't. Um, you know, wasn't what I would have anticipated, but um, the uh, the result is what really surprised me because I was expecting uh, Kansas LeRae's team to get the win, especially yep. especially with how her and the um, Gargano have been booked as heels as of late. Now, um, speaking of uh, Gargano and uh, and LeRae. What do you what do you think of their um, of their um, new heel characters? Do you like it or? I'm kind of 
I'm kind of done with Gargano, but I do like Candice LeRae. I like this heel Candice LeRae. Yes, the the poison pixie. Besides, she's my Canadian girl. My fellow Canadian. I love her. Absolutely. Well, just don't tell Gargano that or he'll whip your ass. Well, no, we're, we're, we're good friends. Me and Charlie Gargano, I gave him advice uh, many years ago, so we go way back. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I think I think you're right. I think Lorraine does a better job of pulling yeah. off uh, the heel character, and I don't no, I'm not saying Johnny Gargano is doing a bad job because I absolutely love Johnny Gargano. The bad job is just so boring. It's like so plain. Like some weeks uh, you, you want to like him, but then other weeks it's like, ugh. Well, like, if, if that makes that makes sense. Yeah, it, well, it really does because for me, I just, for me personally, I just cannot buy Johnny Gargano as a heel. Because he's been the heart and soul of NXT for so long. So that's just me. That's why when, when, when the whole thing happened with Tommaso Ciampa this time around, I, th- I thought it was, oh, no, here we go again. Tommaso Ciampa turned heel. Or, but then I'm like, oh, no, wait. Yeah. Johnny Gargano was a heel. I'm like, what? What's going on? I mean, the, the way that they did the double um, turn was because actually... They, they just, like, reunited, though. It's, it's a thing that, that was weird because they just got... DIY back together, and now they're already split up. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of Tommaso Ciampa, he didn't make out too well on this card either. But we'll get to that. Um, and then uh, the the next match after that, let me pull the card back up. Um, so the the next match after that was uh, Finn, Finn Bauer versus. Damian Priest, yep. and obviously Bauer was going to get the win. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with Priest. I feel like he's kind of gotten lost in the I'm shuffle. Sorry, hold on, Can we, we have to go back uh, to the first match. Uh, you picked Kansas Race team to win, right? Yeah, I did. And I picked uh, the same, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're zero and one. This will be uh, the first one we have. So we're tied at one and one for our picks. Yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you what. There's there's one spot in my um in the in the match that really stuck out to me when um when uh Balor reversed the razor's edge from uh from Priest and then uh. Ended up kicking Priest off the apron, and he hit his back on the edge of the steps. Ugh, that looks so incredibly nasty. So now apparently, um, Damien Priest is a face. Apparently, his character just kind of confuses me. Yeah, I'm so confused. You know what? I gotta ask uh, my the other guy, the guys do the podcast. Yeah, like what, exactly what his character is. They might know better. Um, well, I, well, you know, I can't figure it out, and I watch NXT regularly, and I can't, I can't figure it out. I, <laughs> it's just wow. I just. But okay, um, so the next one is uh, the match that you said was uh, one of your highlights. Uh, Keith Lee versus defeating Tony Gargano. Yeah. 
Um, and and I'll tell you what, Keith Lee uh, sending uh, Gargano through the through the plexiglass barrier via the pounce. Holy shit! I I I did like the one part. Tony Gargano runs up to the door and he's knocking on the door like if someone's gonna open it and let him in. Yeah, that's. I was like, wait, I was waiting. I was waiting for Bray Wyatt to open the door. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and like, let me in. <laughs> yeah, and then the, and then the demon Balor and uh, and Bray Wyatt can have an interesting conversation. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, I actually, um, if you recall, uh, during the introduction to the show, I brought up that spot where uh, they, you know, they had the cool little garage can of um yep of gargano trying to open the door and actually the key oh see that was a garage cam okay that was okay yeah i i didn't know like what that was i know i saw like the camera like was right on the space but i was i didn't know that was a garage cam i thought it was like actually in the garage no it was it was it was a garage cam um but anyway um, and then uh, the the keys actually came into um, into play later on in the match because um, once again uh, Gargano went after the eye of, uh, of Keith Lee, and then uh, you know for for some reason they're going with this power couple versus power couple storyline. Yeah, you know with. Uh, Gargano and Larray and then Lee and Yim. What do you think about this? I don't know. I you know, I it's <laughs> too early in, in in their heel turn to have another power couple going after him. And you know, it's kinda hard to buy uh, you know, Keith Lee and Mia Yim being a bigger power couple than uh Gargano and Larray because Gargano and Larray are married, and uh, you know Keith Lee and Mia Yim aren't. So it, I, I don't know if that's weird, but like for for me, it's just small things like that. And plus, um, you know, both with uh, both Keith Lee and Mia Yim being such baby faces, I I don't know I don't know if it works, especially with Mia Yim, but. That's just me. Um, ben? So as I was saying uh, about the uh, Johnny Gargano versus uh, Keith Lee, obviously one of the uh, one of the best matches of the night. I don't I don't think that, that those two guys are capable of having a bad match. You know I, I love I love the simple acts of, of psychology in a Johnny Gargano match. Um, because as I was as I was saying before uh, before we paused, um, you know the the keys into the eye have uh, have come into play in this feud um, recently, and that continued in the uh, in the takeover match, and um, you know anytime that. Uh, that Johnny is 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 in the ring, you know. You can you can uh, bet that psychology is going to play a gigantic role. You know, we we've see, we saw that all over the Tommaso Ciampa feud. Um, you know, so it's just something that I feel is 
uh, missing in today's wrestling is just simple psychology. So I really uh, enjoyed that, and obviously it's one of uh, one of my uh, matches of the night. So and then after um, after that we had. Uh, Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream for the NXT Championship. This oh, was, no, no. What did you think of this one? Yeah. I didn't like it. No? Okay. I, did, I didn't like it at all. Why not? To tell you the truth. Um, because, because there was just something about it that just wasn't clicking for me. Uh, it was visually, it was difficult to keep track of. Um, also, you know, I, I, I didn't like the setting. Yeah, I mean, just, just it was just clearly the be- like right behind the the building. Can I can, um, I, can I say if if it, if it was daylight? Okay. Yeah. That looked like a, that looked like an old that looked that would have looked like the old west. Exactly. You know, it was just weird. It, it, it looked like that. There was like a saloon with like cars all around it, the outside. Well, yeah, and, and you know, they were definitely going for the look with the cars, but if, for me personally, the the, the lighting uh, threw it off um, significantly, and it it just it felt like they were just going from spot to spot for the sake of going spot to spot. Um, and I believe this is, I believe this is the second uh, backlot brawl in WWE history. Yeah, the, the, the first one was um, Goldust versus uh, <laughs> Brian Piper. Piper. Yep. <laughs> What'd you and, think of that um, match? What'd you think of that one? Well, th- I think... I think that one was better than this one. And, you know, it, it pains me, especially when Adam Cole's involved, to, uh, you know, to criticize any match that he's in because I think he's one of the best uh, wrestlers around right now, period, end of story. Um, but yeah. this, this whole entire scenario just didn't land for me. Uh, and... And the fact that this was um, Velveteen's last shot uh, to win the NXT Championship, uh, that begs the question of whether or not he's going to get called up to the main roster. And just as a character, I don't want to see Velveteen Dream on the main roster because I don't think that that character would work on on the main roster. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't see it. So unless they are, um, you, you, unless they're planning on doing something significant with him, or um, they might have to go an entirely different route because I just I just don't see Velveteen Dream working, especially with the with the track record that. Uh, Vince McMahon and the rest of the main roster, or the the rest of the main roster higher ups, um, you know, I I don't see Velveteen Dream getting getting the proper treatment, especially 
especially when we know how so many other NXT call-ups have been treated in the past. Because and then still no Kyle O'Reilly, uh, but um, they're going to be, I believe they're going to be opening the borders here around June, the end of June or something. So, but he's uh, not been traveling because I believe, like, he also has, like, deals with health issues, like, with his immune system, so... Well, yeah, and, and I well, I didn't know that, but if the, if that's true, I didn't know that either. Uh, like, I well, I heard that. Like, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I heard. Well, and I I, I do I do think he lives in Canada either way. Although I could be wrong, um, but he's um, I believe he's in Vancouver. I believe it is. I but yeah, it, he's one of the one of the provinces out west. Yeah, well, that would make sense that he hasn't been around just because the border is being closed. But yeah, th this match just didn't land for me, and especially, especially when they started just throwing the chairs in the ring, and you knew, okay, here comes a spot, and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. it, it it just it was too predictable as to what the spots were going to be. My favorite part of it was when. Um, was when Loomis came in and threw um, Fish and um, uh, Strong Strong into the into the back of the car, um, and that's saying something because for that to be the part that I noticed the most in an Adam Cole match, that's a problem. I have to ask you, Bobby Fish's look. He he he's he's he had that weird look, but that raised eyebrow. It's hilarious. Yeah, he, he, he has a very cool look. Well, he's one of those guys yeah. that, that I think is going to have to be an NXT lifer because it's just he's a fantastic wrestler, no question. But I just don't see him getting a significant push on the main roster. Unless, go on. Unless they keep. Um, you know, the Undisputed Era together on the main roster, which, once again, I don't see that happening because WWE has just a... They have a established track record of, of picking out the top guy from a, uh, a stable and pushing them as a, as a singles guy, uh, leaving the rest of them to just kind of mm -hmm. uh, do their own thing. Now... Uh, and I don't think that that would work for uh, for the undisputed air, especially with just how established they are, um, you know, on uh, on NXT. So it'll, it'll it'll be interesting. You know, obviously we have we have a couple of lifers um, that we already know of in uh, NXT, most notably Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think, I think Adam Cole eventually is going to have to come to the main roster because he's just too damn good not to. So to me, that's a foregone conclusion, but I just, as to the rest of them, I just don't see kind of w where, um, I just don't see where they would fit in if they weren't, uh, with Adam Cole as the undisputed heir because 
you know, like I really like um, O'Reilly and um, and Strong. Uh, Strong in particular um, is is right up my alley. Um, him and Cole are obviously the tent holes of that group, and um, you know, so they deserve the best. Um, and um, I'm, I'm just I'm very nervous to see both. Um, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream on the main roster because I don't want them to get fucked up because they deserve so much better. You know, so so does the rest of of um, Undisputed Air. To tell you the truth, they're all so great at what they do, um, and and I just I have no faith in WWE not to fuck them up, especially after they after they fucked up Shayna Baszler. You know, they've they fucked Ricochet, which I still don't, to this day, I still don't know how you pulled that off. Because they, they had a rocket strapped to that poor son of a bitch. And then the second he gets to the main roster and he lost the Lacers, I'm like, oh, fuck. Now, you brought up another name during this match, Dexter Lumis. <laughs> this guy. I I love Dexter Lumis. Right? I have a, I didn't like Samuel Shaw, but I like Dexter Lumis. Well, and I think I think it's because you know Dexter Lumis was able to get like more psychotic than yeah. Sam Shaw's. You know, Sam Shaw had more of a a comedic uh, aspect to him. Yep. Uh, but I think I think Dexter Lumis reminds me of like a legitimate, uh, you know. Psychopath kind of thing. Yep. So, but you know, you know, it's just once again that this match didn't land, and I'll be very interested to see where Velveteen Dream goes uh, because I don't like the prognosis for him on the main roster. Uh, ne- next up, we had uh, Champa versus Cross. Ooh, I didn't have a problem with six this. Minutes. Yeah, but I, I didn't have a problem with it because you you know that Karrion Cross is gonna be uh, is gonna be like the guy. Yep. And so for Tom, Tommaso Ciampa to work with him and to get that rub from uh, from somebody the caliber of Ciampa, I think that's fantastic. And I I've always really liked. Carrying uh, Cross, or um, you know, Killer Cross, Carrying Cross, whatever. You know, every time I've seen him, no matter where he's been, I, you know, I just think the guy's got something uh, really special. And you know, um, and Scarlet, Scarlet um, Bordeaux really adds to that, um, adds to that character. And we'll and, get, and we'll get to her in the NXT portion of the show. Yeah, and um, actually, I, I didn't see NXT this week, so... No, that's why, right, but I did. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm interested to, to see what you, you have to say there. But, um, you know, but usually if if this had been anyone else and they had they had, had Tommaso Ciampa in a six-minute match, I would have been like, what the fuck? But... Given that it's carrying cross and how he's being built and just his 
presentation and his R and all everything with the entrance and just how skilled he is in the ring, I didn't have a problem with it. So um, that was a good one. And then uh, I was actually really shocked by the result of the NXT Women's Championship uh, match because I'm like, okay, well, there's no way that they're going to take it off Charlotte Flair, so, but they actually on, hold did. On, hold on, Ben. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we uh, we uh, got the first match on, but we tied it up with Finn Balor. Right. Now, who did we pick in match three, Keith Lee or Johnny Gargano? I think I picked uh, Keith Lee, I believe. And you picked Gargano? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I did. Okay, so, uh, so I got, so I got to two then, so now I had two to one. Uh, here we both picked Adam Cole to win over Velveteen Dream. And then, so, uh, three to two. And then, uh, three to two, what, three to two? Because well, we were both, uh, because you, you said we were one and one after uh, the first two. And yeah. then and then Cross Cross's match and uh, uh, Yeah and then I uh, carrying Cross so we both picked Cross. So we were doing not we did not too bad on this uh, card. <laughs> yeah. So, right, so go on. I, I just had to I just I was just uh, going through because we did our predictions, so I wanna see how well we did. Yeah, well, so so far we, uh, as you said, we did pretty good. And um, actually, yeah, the minimum was surprising. Io Shirai, because we picked, I believe, Rhea Ripley to win. Yeah, and, and like I, like I said, I wanted, uh, I wanted Rhea Ripley to win, but I, I really thought that uh, Charlotte Flair was going to take it based on how WWE no. bucks her. I'm happy with this result. I, absolutely, I have no complaints. What I do have a complaint about is Charlotte Flair on Monday Night Raw, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, God, I, I can't stand it. I, you know, how, many, how many times do we have to see Charlotte Flair on Monday Night okay, Raw? Okay, so uh, we're, done anyway. with, we're done with the in house, so moving on to Backlash. Absolutely. All right. WWE Backlash. This was billed as the greatest match ever. For me, this had to be worst pay-per-view ever i don't know well definitely the worst pay-per-view of uh 2020 so far in two because I, I remember one pay-per-view that was uh, a lot worse that was in 2010 no way out um, i don't know if you recall that the poster for that had H. lee tied with the daniel bryan tied to the railroad tracks oh god i don't know if you remember that poster I do, I do now that you bring it Yeah, <laughs> that was terrible, that show. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, my two picks for Not, worst, Nothing could be worse than ECW December to... Uh, well, that's whatever. one of them. Yep. EC, ECW December to December uh, 2006, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Vengeance 2011 was pretty bad. Ooh, which one was that? That was when um, that was when Daniel Bryan cashed in Money in the Bank on on um, uh, what was it? 
I, I believe it was uh, the Big Show. It was okay. either the Big Show or Mark Henry, but I think it was okay. the Big Show. All right. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty bad pay-per-views. Okay, yeah, let's get so. let's get into this uh, backlash. Or there were a total of seven matches on the card with one on the kickoff. They put Apollo Crews on kickoff show. Okay, so wait, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, wait, so. I can already see my co-host's eyes rolling at this show. <laughs> Go ahead. It was just an, an atrocious offering of a pay-per-view because, you know, they put they put the women's tag team title triple threat on the main show, and yet you don't put, you don't put Apollo Crews on the main show after you're supposedly pushing this motherfucker. And hold I, on. And, 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 and Andrade even put Andrade on the main show. You know, well, I don't have an issue with that, but it's just, oh, my God, what the fuck are they doing? You know, everything up until Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, and, and like I said, even that was a, even that was a fucked up ending, so even, even that left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Um, That's my sure. Well, I have a, I have a Mountain Dew, so we're good. But, um, <laughs> well, he's the other that left his own tasting mouth. He wants to shoot strawberry. We have chocolate uh, chip cookies. I'll take some chocolate chip cookies for sure. But anyway, um, you know, it, this pay-per-view was just god-awful. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what these people are doing. So let's go through the through the main card here. What was first? Was that the women's tag yeah, team? That was, uh, the, yeah, the women's triple threat match. Kill me now. Just stick a stick a nail right through my fucking eyeball. <laughs> but wait, but Ben, I have to because it was just. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was... I love them. <laughs> I hate them so much. <laughs> Billy Kay, Billy Kay in particular cannot wrestle her way out of a paper bag. I'm sorry. Okay, but come on, Peyton Royce. Come on, Peyton Royce. Go on. Okay, I'll give it to you with Peyton Royce. She's pleasant to look at, and I'm sure she's a very nice lady. Uh, and also John funny too. I follow her on TikTok. Her and Sean Spears are both funny on TikTok. They're hilarious. Uh, well, I, I well I don't care about TikTok, so I, you know you're okay. You're on you're on your own there. I'm kind of an anti-social media guy myself, but uh, uh, I don't really follow TikTok. I just uh, follow her because they're both hilarious. But okay, not, yeah. we know why you follow her, and it has nothing to do with her humor. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But, 
Now get the fuck off. <laughs> but yeah, this this match was just terrible, and the quicker we can stop talking about it, the be- the better. I yeah. Okay, sure. Here we go. The short description: Sasha Banks and Bailey pick up the three count and retain the titles. That's it. The well, end. And that's what needed to happen. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, uh, in this match, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. What are they doing? <sighs> God, I can't stand it. I, what? I did not like this. I do not like this feud. I don't care. I Well, I don't like the feud. I think it's pointless. And I hate what they're doing with him, though, like, like uh, with the whole feud and, like, they're bringing the alcohol stuff into it. And the redemption storyline is kind yeah, of no, no, it's just, just not working. Ter- terrible. And and the didn't didn't we learn that piss test segments don't work? Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't we learn that in 2006 with Shawn Michaels? Uh, it just makes me fucking ill. Sorry, wait, um, wait, say, say it again. What Shawn Michaels? What? Well, back in 2006, they also did a did a piss test angle with uh, with Shawn Michaels. Okay, I'm, I must uh, that must have been uh, that had to have been like the the end part of 2006, right? Well, yeah, because that was um, okay. I must I think I was in the hospital at that time. Okay. He was going. Uh, he was going against Vince. Okay. With when Vince was God. Okay, I uh, okay. yeah. That's a, that's that's a match we should look at one day <laughs> just, to, just to fucking laugh at it. Oh Jesus, what the hell? Uh, yeah. About so, anyway. the ring is part of God. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> spotlight. Uh. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, don't make me have flashbacks. But yeah. I just I don't like the storyline. I don't yep. you know it it just goes against the whole redemption storyline. Like what's yep. the point? Um so but but the match itself, I could not believe how physical that match was. I mean every time uh And they gave seventeen minutes. Every time Jeff took a shot, it just, it made me wince. And, and, and Shira, Seamus, I'm trying to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to exercise the demons from your body. And he was giving the 10 beats or whatever. I guess the 10 the beats of Byron, yeah. You know, and it's just, for me, um, Jeff just looked completely, you know, outmatched and completely winded. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're gonna highlight Jeff Hardy, you know, don't put him in a match like this. It, it just because it now, now at his age, he just like he just looked terrible in that match. But the way you booked it, you made him look terrible. Now is this done or are they gonna keep going? I don't know. I think they're gonna keep going. Ugh. Sadly, just stop. Okay, um, that but- next next match. Uh, so the next match Asuka was Asuka defeating Asuka versus Nia Jax, which ended in a double countout. 
Okay, well, well, to tell you the truth, I think I, I think I'm gonna take it a piss break because <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't care. So you know, but, but every time Nia Jax is in the ring, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So you know that that that's that. I saw this, uh, you know, the jackknife, uh, like, a la Goldberg, that uh, Nia Jax hit. God, it looked atrocious. In this match? Yes. Okay. It because was, I, I, I was tuned out on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't blame you. So was I. Um, but, yeah, Nia Jax doesn't belong anywhere near a wrestling ring. And then next. we, yeah, next we had uh, Braun Strowman uh, defeating Ms. Morrison. Uh, oh, wait, wait. I have to say, because I don't know if you caught this, Corey Graves on commentary singing Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho. Yeah. Oh, just stop. Yeah. Just oh. Terrible. Just the match was the match was terrible. The fucking why would you have? I mean, why would you have a handicap match for a singles championship, let alone the universal championship? So and, and, and then if uh, one of one team member wins, that team member becomes champion. Well, when the 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 partner also, I'm sure the partner also wants a title shot, right? Yeah, so the whole no. thing, the whole thing is just, it reeked of being a placeholder feud until Bray Wyatt gets back. Like, see, take for example, you and I win, defeat Braun Strowman. You pin Strowman, you become world champion. Of course, I'm going to want to tell Strowman, I'm going to want to kick your ass and take the belt from you. Well, yeah, but... No. I mean, like, it's, like it's, I don't get that, the whole point of that match. That was just weird. Yeah, yeah, Strowman is a terrible wrestler. Well, he's a terrible wrestler. He's a terrible entertainer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but he can run fast. Um, I'm you know, breaking news. Whatever the fuck. PNC exclusive. <laughs> exactly, you know, and this this new entrance theme he has with the Strowman Express. Oh, uh, wait, new entrance theme. Is uh, it, is it just as bad as his wrong? Yes. Oh, God. But moving on. Drew McIntyre defeats Bobby Lashley, and I swear, MVP, I'm getting sick of seeing this guy on my screen. Yeah, didn't didn't he retire? Just like, <laughs> why, is, right? why, why is he? Like, I don't have, I don't, like, okay, so. Just fuck off already. I don't have a big problem with MVP. I was just never really an MVP guy. No, I was um, never an MVP guy. You know, but I. Why is he on screen after he said that he was retiring? Like, why? I don't. I don't get it. Well, Ric Flair retired in 2008, and he popped up in TNA Impact Wrestling. <laughs> well, well, we well we all know how that story turned out. You know, yep. he was 
he was flopping around the ring like a fish in his underwear, which I you know. But, but of course, the man needs money. He's got a lot of debt. So, um, which which is really which is really sad considering that he's seventy. Seventy. I can't believe how old he is. Okay. Well, the main event, Ben, the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, but you for, you for, you forgot the segment with the ninja. Oh wait, wait! I was gonna, I was, I was uh, gonna bring that up. Uh, I wasn't sure which, uh, at what point during the show it took place. It took what? place after McIntyre. Uh, let me, let me, let me double check. That's why I didn't uh, bring it up. I wasn't sure at what point it took place. Hold up. Well, I ha- I have the answer for you. Hold up. Yeah. So it was it was right after this match. Um, the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders, and one of the and that worst was garbage, garbage, garbage. Did you? Apparently, they revealed the the identity of that. Uh, Giant ninja that that was there. He's apparently a wrestler they signed in 2018. Oh my god, this was this was embarrassing. Hey hey, what what, what did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> Knock me unconscious now. <laughs> <laughs> That was late. Whenever they did sit there, I don't know how many times during this segment. They went the five fingers straight to the face. Oh my god! You know, First of all, it's four fingers in a thumb. Well, once again, simple, simple <laughs> gaps in logic that <laughs> WWE just continually fails to acknowledge. But nonetheless, oh my god. Not, nonetheless, this was a steaming pile of dog shit oh, on pay-per-view. So congratulations! I can't, I, I can't believe I like I, when I when I was uh, tuning back in. I went, I came back to see like what was going on, and I saw this. Like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why, why, why am I seeing ninjas on my screen? Oh God! I you know. There was a series of movies called The Three Ninjas when I was a kid. Oh, Three Ninjas. I have that movie, I believe, or one of them, anyways. Um, and I, I really like those, you know, kids played ninjas and yep. stuff like that. But it's just, uh, you know, this, this reminded me of a very poorly done adult version, non-pornographic version of... You know that, and it, it, it was just terrible. Three it Ninjas was, kicked back. Hulk Hogan was in that movie. Just a bit of trivia. Uh, well, yeah. I I don't remember him being in it, but I'm I'm not say, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, okay. I don't recall. I'd have to go back and take a look at it. On I YouTube. might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> um. But in, anyway, the the fact that the site that I'm looking at gave this a C minus is a tragedy against <laughs> nature. C minus? No, no, no. A D to an F is what I'd give it. 
Well, this was oh, this was a blithering F by a long shot. God, yeah, no F, no, no D, F, full F. That's it. So okay, so the main event, Edge versus Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Let me just let me just say this, and I I said this in the open, and I will I will double down on this. Yeah. It was it was not the greatest match ever. It was it was never going to be. The billing was bullshit. They should have never built it like that. Having said that, Edge and Randy Orton absolutely delivered a barn burner of a match. I was extremely impressed. Let's take let's take this from the the very beginning. There were some touches in here. That, that I found really really nice. They had the um they had Charles Robinson in the old school referee year. Uh, they had um they had um, recorded introductions from Howard Finkel. I'm not sure why they did that, but it, it was but being as big of a fan as the Fink is, I well, always now Ben. <clears throat> yeah. Because you messaged me uh, during this match. Is this what you meant by uh, they heavily dubbed the entrance? Yes. Okay. So, so they had, uh, they, they piped in some old audio from uh, Howard Finkel for the entrance, for the, for the introductions. But then when, before this, when Edge came out, Oh my God! The ampl the amplification of the pop for him was so ridiculous. After, after before we before you go on, it wasn't three ninjas kickback. It was three ninjas high noon at uh, Mega Mountain. That's okay. when Hogan was in. I just okay. had to, because that was bothering me, so I had to look it up. Okay, well, <laughs> extra, extra extra bit of trivia. So there you go. Um, but um, yeah, because that would have driven me nuts. So actually, thank yeah. you for that. In all seriousness, um, but um, yeah. So I really enjoyed some of the old school stuff. Although the um, the amplified audio during Edge's entrance was a little bit um, ridiculous. Um, you know this this match was. I'm not even like gonna attempt to describe it because it was just it, it was just really well done uh, through uh, through the match and I would I would even I would even go as far as to nominate this as match of the year and this is this is what it should have this is what they should have had at WrestleMania. If th- if this had been Edge's return match, I would have been very happy with this. Now, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be seeing um, Edge for a long time, and he, quite frankly, he might be done just entirely. Uh, his um, I don't think he should come back after this. I'm not saying he won't. But the fact that he tore his tricep. Uh, which, did, didn't they say he needed surgery or something? Yes. Well, if you tear your tricep, you need oh, okay. surgery. All right. Yeah. You know, and and that's 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 
minimum in an eight-month recovery process. And for a 46-year-old man who hadn't wrestled a legit match in, in nine and a half years, like, it's, it, it, it's a sad way for it to end, but it, enough is enough. Like I, I don't, I don't want to see Edge get hurt any further. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I, I, I will, I will admit, I was very happy for Edge that he got his return moment and all of that at the Royal Rumble and had a WrestleMania moment, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the match itself. I was very happy for the the human behind the character. You know, he had to he had to retire early. He didn't get to go out on his terms, and so I was extremely happy for for the human behind the curtain. However, after this kind of injury, I'm at, I'm respectfully asking Adam Copeland, please stop. Only be not because I don't I don't love to see you in the ring and in WWE. I'm absolutely an edge mark. I always have been. I love the guy. I don't want to see him get hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's just... And I, I feel the same way about The Undertaker. So it's, it's not just because it's edge that I'm saying this. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. And then, and then have this kind of thing happen. You know, wrestling is a young man's game, and 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 Edge just isn't it anymore. Like he's not, he's in phenomenal shape. But the fact that this happened, it's it's just so sad to me because it, for me, it just derails his comeback. And like for me, there's just no point in even trying to come back anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, so hopefully, hopefully he can be happy with with the comeback that he got, um, and just just move on and, and continue to be happy in his life, um, because that's that's what I want. Now, un- unfortunately, from a from a wrestling standpoint in this match, Edge looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I. I'm really sad that the injury is is as severe as it is because he looked fantastic and it's very clear that he worked his ass off in the match and to prepare for it. So I feel very bad for him, but I just, you know. So this match saved the pay-per-view. Um, but um, It still sucked. The match, I mean, the show. The, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this. I mean, to have to have five out of the seven matches completely blow. I mean, you know, that's come terrible. On. That's bad. It, it, it's just it's it's fucking atrocious. Yep. It, if if I had just gotten the main event and you gave me forty five minutes of just pure entertainment that that was and that was it for the is night. It, is it, isn't that like 70 or 80 percent of the show that sucked uh yeah when you say five out of seven matches it's like 80 or 90 percent of the show that sucked 
Uh, well, I'm hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the calculator business because now I'm curious. I'm I'm not good with percentages, so just give me a second. I think you do five times. Seven. Yeah, it, it's seventy. It's seventy percent of the show. That's terrible. Wow. Oh, Jesus. It, it's seventy-one percent of the show. Oh my goodness, it's terrible. Um. Yeah, and it, it's just it's. You know, like like we've like we've said ad nauseum during this quarantine period. You know, it, it's very it's very admirable that they're trying to you know entertain us during this time period. But it, it is it is a reflection of how poorly you have handled your booking that the that the product sucks this badly with the level of talent you have on your roster. And if, if, if backlash is the best you can give us as a whole for a pay-per-view, and I'm not talking about Edge Randy Orton, because that was awesome. Um, but if that pay-per-view as a whole is the best you can give us, don't give it to me. I don't, I don't want to see it. It's embarrassing. That, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020 fucking suck. This, no, this company has consistently proven both, both in the ring and out of it from a business perspective. And, I, and let me be clear, I, you know, to a certain extent, I didn't like all those releases over the pandemic, but from a business perspective, I understood it. I'm just saying, by by and large, you know, the the business practices of of this company and what they're putting out, it's embarrassing to say that I have been a fan of this company for as long as I have, because this is not def- defendable. You, there's no defense for this. So, it's terrible. It, and, you know, and, and one of the things is, like, who, you know, as we're recording this, there's there's actively another episode of Monday Night Raw running. Oh, yeah, and I'm recording that right now. And I would, well, so am I. Um, Just because I, I don't want to stay up at until uh, 3 in the morning to watch it. Uh, well, I, I, I won't be doing that because I have a I have a I have part two of my birthday coming up this weekend because part two. Um, what are you talking about? Part two. At, this, actually, tomorrow through Thursday. Yeah, me. I never um, got a part two. Was my part two? How do you get a part two? Well, because um, because my dad booked a fishing trip. Uh, for us in West Virginia, or not West Virginia? You special. Uh, <laughs> uh, not West Virginia, but uh, Virginia. Um, Aren't you special? Well, I am special. Sitting yeah, there yeah. catching the fishes, <laughs> big marlins. Yeah, actually, actually, the um, the uh, the um, fishing rod is attached to my wheelchair. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so we're gonna look forward to that. So. So I have another excuse uh, not to pay close attention to Raw, but it's just, it's 
it's physically painful, and it's actually, in all seriousness, it it is emotionally draining to watch these he, shows. Here's with people: you only get to watch it, you only have to watch it once, you because it only plays once there, right? Yeah. Here it's gonna. It's on right now. Nine eight o'clock to eleven. Tomorrow night, seven o'clock to ten p.m. And Saturday, twelve p.m. to three p.m. That's because that's what? nine hours of raw. To say if you were to watch that show all three times, that's nine hours right there. Well, who, who would put themselves for that? For that <laughs> that's just that, that's ridiculous. Like, why would they play a show three times in a week? That's like waterboarding. What the fuck? <laughs> but any, but anyway, um, let's get on let's to the uh, yeah. Uh, so obviously, so, hold on, all... wait, wait, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to move on to our review of Monday Night Raw. said uh this episode of of raw is, is running right now as we're recording this mm-hmm. so this is from last week um so the first match was charlotte and oscar versus the iconics uh versus sasha banks and bailey kill me now just <laughs> Wonder, I mean, Sasha Banks is is great, you know, she, and even though I hate the way Charlotte Flair is booked, you know, I, I can't deny that she is a great wrestler. Um, so, but I just, uh, any anything that the Iconics are in, I just, I can't take it seriously. Uh, moving on, we had Humberto Carrillo and Aleister Black versus... Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy. Uh, this kind of uh, continues. He's Hold in the on, story you know what, Ben? Hold on. Yeah. Just for what you said back there. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> you're, you're a bitch. I'm a bitch. Yes. <laughs> Baby, so what I've been. I been. Bitch. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Are you proud of yourself? Can we move on with the review <laughs> now? <laughs> I had to. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm messing with my co-host. <laughs> I know. They, they, they know it's, it's a running gag by now. God. But any, anyway, so um, this match continues the um, uh, the storyline um, that they're building between uh, Seth Rollins and uh, and uh, Rey Mysterio. So I'm, I'm interested to to see that. Um, next up, we had um, 
we had the the return of the peep show with uh, Christian hosting Edge. Was it just weird? Did he sound like a heel? Well, yes, but the, but he Christian was intentionally trying to piss off Edge so that he would get pissed and kick Randy Orton's ass. No, 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 I get that, but like uh, the way the way he came across, it, it made him look like a real like a like a real heel. Well, absolutely, and um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed the promo, uh, and clearly, clearly, uh, clearly, um, Christian's pep talk, uh, with him and all his peeps kind of didn't uh, really work. Yeah, they didn't really translate to a victory for the Raider or Superstar. Having said that, as as we've gone over by now, um. I, I think that uh, the match actually turned out quite well. Uh, you know, and, and then from this point, I just felt that the show was dragging and dragging and dragging. And, and so for the sake of time, um, from this point forward, I'm just going to go uh, high points and low points. Um, I just have a question before you do that, though. Yeah, are they uh, gonna? Are they just trying to split up Andrade and Angel Garza? Well, that that's my assumption. Um, okay, no, because I just noticed like they were arguing uh, backstage, and Selena Selena Vega um, told them both to like uh, go back to the dressing rooms. Um. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, like. They can't split Andrade from Selena Vega because if they do, he's screwed. Right. Um, <clears throat> but, um, okay. So we, uh, I'm sorry, I had a mishap with the, yeah. with the headphones. Um, but, um, yeah, from, from this point forward, we'll just go, um, Highlights and low lights. Now, obviously, a low light for me had to be Bobby Lashley and MVP versus the Viking Raiders. Anything with MVP in it for me is a low light. I'm sorry. (laughs) uh, Yeah, and and the Viking Raiders segments, uh, as as we discussed ad nauseum during the the backlash. Viking Raiders Street Profits stuff is getting on my nerves, too. It's really stupid, to tell you the truth. Uh, Match five. you know, you would think Asuka versus Charlotte um, uh, would be uh, uh, would be good, in it. and this was one of the better ones. Uh, for, you, see, for, you see that backstage segment with Charlotte? Asuka, do you take anything seriously? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, <laughs> that slap, holy jeez. Yeah. But I mean, you know, my thing, my thing is, oh my God, the the, the site that I'm looking at rated this show a segment, rated it a seven out of ten. What the fuck is wrong? No. What? <laughs> Why would you give it such a high score? Oh no. my lord! Are you what? crazy? Um. <laughs> 
Oh, so he, okay, so he called Flair versus Asuka amazing. I didn't think it was, um, I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was good, but, uh, and then, oh, shit, forget this. He he calls MVP a godsend for Bobby Lashley's career. Uh, Oh, my God. He... He he marked he marked out over Christian, and oh, yeah, um, that's my high point. Well, yeah, but and that would that's definitely my high point high point as well. Um, but it's just um, to me, Raw completely sucks. I can't believe that's what the guy the website gave it seventy <laughs> percent. Oh my god. <laughs> That's terrible. Holy fuck. Oh boy. Okay, um what else do you have for this one? Uh no, that's all I had. There's really not much to say. No, it's just crap. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's our review of Monday Night Raw. We are gonna move on to NXT. I'm gonna give my co-host uh voice a break. So let's get into our review of NXT. So NXT this week begins with a mixed tag match: Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano defeating Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Then we ha- then we have Indusher. I believe that's what they call now. Ben, have you seen these guys? Indusher. Uh, yeah. What do you think of these guys? I'm not sold on them yet. Yeah, Rinku and Sorab defeating Mike Reed and Mikey Delbray, or Delbray, whatever his name is, in the spotlight time. Number one, Mike Reed has competed in ROH and AEW, really. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll look into that later on because I'm curious as to what he did in AEW. And uh, Indy Spotlight number two from Mike Delbury. He's competed for Evolve. That's about all that we have for him. Okay, very good. I'm I'm surprised that any wrestler with any kind of association with the AEW was was on WWE television. I I but, gotta I gotta look that up after this. So so I I would have to call that into question because I don't I don't think WWE would allow that. But um right and the and the website I'm looking at is profightdb.com. So hmm. in our next match, Finn Balor defeats Cameron Grimes now. Prior to this match, Cameron Grimes please, said... Please put a fucking shirt on, Cameron. Hold on, hold on. You know what, Ben? Yeah. What, what's a good amount of reward money? Pick, pick like, a figure for a good amount of for reward money. Uh, 100000 
$100,000 to anyone who can find Kevin Grimes' shirt or sweater. <laughs> well, they, 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 want, they, they won't have to look for to find him a sweater. What we need is a t-shirt to cover his sweater. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? But uh, so prior to this match, he had an interview backstage with, I believe, uh, what's her name, Mackenzie? Uh, yeah, Mackenzie Mitchell. She used okay. to work. She used to work for uh, Impact. Okay, so yeah, and she had um, he was uh, going on about and making fun of Damian Priest for losing his match at Takeover. So then right. Damian Priest walks in and just like uh, drills him, drills him with a right fit, with a right punch, and walks off. So, so for the whole night, he was trying to get out of um, his match and like telling William Regal that he was that uh, Damian Priest punched him and hurt hurt his jaw, so he couldn't compete. However, William Regal wasn't buying it, and he put him in the match anyways. Good. Then we had Dakota Kai defeating Katie Kalanzaro. And well, in the main and in the main event, Adam Cole defeats Dexter Loomis. Now this is the ending. So Adam Cole defeats Dexter Loomis. Okay. Yeah. Which I thought this was a great match. The lights go off, and Scarlet comes walks out to the ring, and she has an hourglass. She's like staring at uh, Adam Cole. And she places the hourglass on the apron right. and turns upside down so that the sand starts going down and leaves, leaving the leaving the Adam Cole standing in the ring with this stun look on his face, like what just happened? Yeah, well, well, that's a cool visual, you know. Cause, go go cause... back and watch it, or I can actually uh, send you a YouTube link to check it out. No, I'll, I, yeah, I'll look it up on YouTube. Okay, so basically that is um, NXT for this week. This week's NXT was pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to go back and, and take a look at it uh, based on based on what you said because it does sound pretty good. So, uh, go on. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say now we will move on to NXT. I mean, AEW Dynamite. Right. We'll, we'll move on to AEW Dynamite. Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me So, um, so we have uh, we have Chris Jericho and Floyd uh, on commentary. Floyd uh, <laughs> with, uh, with Excalibur, Tony Giovanni, and Jim Ross. Um, and the first match of the evening was um, was the Butcher and the Blade versus FTR. I'm sorry, Ben. Yeah. 
I don't usually cut you off in AEW, but I do have information about that one wrestler, Mike <laughs> Mike Reed. Okay. In AEW, apparently had three matches uh, on AEW Dark. Him and his, him and a tag team partner lost a private party. They had a match, another match where they lost a, a Jurassic Express, and in their third AEW Dark match. They lost to Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Oh, uh, uh, well, no, no wonder they're, they were jobber central. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, if, if you lose to Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, that does mean you're a jobber. <laughs> so uh, maybe that's why uh, AWB didn't mind uh, bringing them in for one match. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, fr- the first match of the evening was FTR um, versus uh, Bear, uh, versus the Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Chris Jericho continued to be hilarious because he called, um, he called um, uh, the, the Butcher's tattoos prison tattoos. And then he, and then he said that... Um, that he has some too, and that um, Jr. has seen Chris Jericho's prison tattoos, <laughs> which was, which was that that whole back and forth was hilarious to me. Also, what about when he when he said about the butcher? Where he said he's a butcher, he cuts meat. <laughs> he's he. I'll tell you what. Anything Chris Jericho touches just automatically turns to gold. Yep, it's um, it's really good, and um, and um, <clears throat> so obviously uh, FTR gets the win, and then after the match, they are confronted by uh, the Young Bucks, who they want to introduce themselves because they didn't get a chance to do that uh, properly. Uh, last week when uh, FTR debuted, um, I, I, as you'll recall, they they saved FTR from, uh, or FTR saved uh, the Young Bucks from from an attack by the Butcher and the Blade. Um, so uh, so they didn't get a chance to introduce themselves. Um, we're the we're the young bucks. It's nice to meet you. And they kind of uh, tease a future match because obviously that's like the the million dollar match in tag team wrestling, uh, being the young bucks versus FTR. So that was awesome. And then from behind, the butcher got pissed off that he lost, and he attacked uh, Matt Jackson. And for some reason, Kip Sapien and Jimmy Havoc got involved, and I'm not sure what they had to do with this segment, but then the rest of being the elite, um, the rest of being the elite got involved and it ended in a brawl. Um, and then what would automatically have to be considered a low light um, of the evening uh, was the AEW uh, women's match of the evening um, because um, in this match, uh, Chris Statlander got injured 
She injured her knee, I believe. And, and went, went, uh, went, in, went in for surgery. So she'll be out. For an extended period of time. and um, That hurts it, my heart. Yeah, because I, I really like Chris Statlander, so yep. I feel bad for her. Yoshi, I, oh, you're, you, you probably already know this, uh, but I think we brought it up on the past episode. She had a, one match on uh, SmackDown. Yeah, yep. I, do, I, I do remember that from, from that episode. Um, but, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's just really sad that she got hurt because – I'll tell you what, every single women's match, something just seems to go wrong. So they, they I say it all the time, this is the point where it's like ad nauseum, but this women's division needs help mm-hmm. urgently, like now. Like, uh, why are we seeing the same women on uh on dynamite, like, uh, because, because like, I, know, I, I get, I get, like, this, uh, everything that's going on, but I mean, it's been like this for since uh, AEW began. Like, we, they, we hardly ever see uh, any women from AEW Dark on the main show. Like, we, well, when was the last time we saw Shanna? Well, no, uh, Shanna would have would have had travel issues because she, I think she lives either in Portugal or Canada. Okay. So that would explain her yeah. absence. No, but like I'm just saying, like, like you get what I'm saying? Like, what was the last time we've seen, like, some of yeah. these, like, you know? Because yeah. uh, weren't these, uh, are these live or are these taped? I believe they went back to live. Okay, but I'm, I'm saying, like, the, when, when they were taping, though, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess so with everything that's going on, they, the travel issues and stuff. Right. Okay. I'm sorry, am I keeping you, I'm sorry, am I keeping you awake? Yeah. Have we disturbed you from your slumber? Would you like to go back to bed? Yeah, I actually would. But the, uh, <laughs> the, no, because the, the women's... The- exclusive. We woke my co-host from his sleep. Yeah, well, um, the um, the women's division puts me in the super, um, and then uh, but the what is automatically a highlight for me we got a um, we got a Tony Hawk cameo in oh, a, a video package. Um, now with, I, have a, uh, I have a hold on, I have a question. Yeah, do you ever listen to AEW's podcast? I have, yes. Have you heard the one with Darby Allen? No, I should go back and take a look. That was actually like, okay, his promos might suck, but like the the podcast uh, that when when they had him on, it was uh, pretty good. I even learned uh, how he came up with the name Darby Allen. <laughs> Darby Allen comes from two punk rock singers, uh, one named Darby Crash and. Another one named Gigi Allen. So you just put them together, Darby Allen. Yeah, uh, and I think um, I had to look it up, but I I think either one or both of them came to tragic ends. Yep. Um, but anyway, um, interesting piece of trivia for the evening. Uh, and then uh, so anyway. 
Um, anytime I get to see Tony Hawk, that's awesome. Uh, to- he Darby jumped off the ladder, and after a couple of nasty-looking tumbles, he landed a trick off a ladder on a skateboard. Um, that, that's really him. Like, he's, like, into skateboarding and stuff. Yeah, well, and and actually, so actually, so am I. Like, I was um when I was younger, I was really into like the X Games and stuff. And I I remember like literally sitting there watching Tony Hawk do the the nine hundred. Um, and um, so I've always been really into skateboarding in particular. So that was that segment got a nice little reaction for me. Um. And then after that, um, we we get into a we get into a uh, segment with the with the inner circle and the best friends, which ends with uh, with Orange Cassidy being beaten with a sack of oranges. Yeah, that that, that was the next match: uh, best friends versus inner circle. Yeah, and. Um, so I got a I got a huge kick out of that, which the best friends did win, right? Um, and then uh, up next match wise was uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, and Colt Cabana. Yep. Um, I I don't know how I feel about Colt Cabana. He just doesn't he he doesn't really fit for me. I don't know. Um, I'm you don't like Cabana? Not really. Okay. I mean, I I don't think he's horrendous. He's just not my cup of tea. Uh, although I can't seem to find who won that match. Do you have it on your? Uh, it was Sammy Guevara defeated Cabana. Oh yes. Okay. Well, that makes sense because if. If Sammy Guevara lost, I'm I'm launching a uh, now, inquiry. No, at the end after the match, uh, Dark Order came out. Brody Lee uh, came out and extended his hand to Cabana, uh, and after the Dark Order walked back to the, their dressing room, Cabana slowly followed behind, like but alone on his own. Yeah, so that's a that's a that was a very interesting tease. And then after that, we um, we have the bad boy Joey Janela uh, at at a bar. AEW loves to shoot things at bars. I'm not I'm not really sure what the hell. Um, but apparently, apparently well, Adam Jay- Page, Adam Page, it's always happy hour for him. Yeah, well, apparently uh, Joey Janela got the note, and he went for. Happy hour um, with himself and um, and Sunny Kiss happened to be driving by and gave Janela a ride. So I'm not really sure where that is. Isn't, isn't that interesting? How uh, I just brought that team up when I was uh, giving uh, giving out that trivia about where we'd seen that one wrestler. Yeah, how he lost to the team of Janela and Sunny Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an interesting little correlation there. So then we have um, we have John Moxley arriving outside of the arena. Um, 
and uh, he gets into a brief interview with Alex Marvez before um, before Taz confronts Moxley and ends up getting and Moxley ends up getting attacked by Brian Cage, uh, leading into their match at Fighter Fest, and um, and um, Moxley had an encounter with Car Hood and also got slammed into the windshield of the car. So he was not having a very pleasant evening. Um, and then uh, main uh, main event um, was. Uh, Mark Quinn getting a shot at um, Cody Rhodes' TNT Championship, and the only thing I really don't like about these weekly uh, weekly TNT uh, Championship challenges is you know that Cody's not going to lose for a long time. Mm-hmm. So knowing that he's not going to lose, and the fact that they do these things every week now. It kind of, to me, it lessens the importance of of the TNT championship because the outcomes are so predictable. Um, but that was that was AEW for the week, and um, I will hand it back over um, for our last review before we jump into the DeLorean and. Elio will take over SmackDown for you. Are you ready? Smackdown. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm very glad I don't have to review it this week. Well, it was only three matches, so there's really not much to say. Uh, basically, um, in the first one, we had Cesaro, Chinsky, and Nakamura defeating the New Day. So I'm happy about that. AJ Styles defeating Daniel Bryan in an Intercontinental Championship match. I heard that was a classic. I'm going to go back and watch that one. I'm sorry. I will, am I missing something? Who is the Intercontinental Champion? Well, it's AJ Styles now. So why does it say Intercontinental Champion? That was Daniel Bryan the IC champ? No, no. It was, it was the finals. Oh, it was the finals. That's right. That's right. It was the finals. You see how much uh, the championship means? I forgot yeah. about it. <laughs> it was actually, in all seriousness, that's a prime example of the piss poor job. Yeah, no, nope, uh, I'm saying that. That's what I'm saying. You see, that's how memorable they make championships. Like, I forgot that this was the finals. So, AJ Styles is a new champion. Right. Then in the main event, we had Braun Strowman teaming up with Heavy Machinery to defeat Dolph Ziggler and Morrison and Miz. Why not, why not put the fucking 
And we got no championship final as the main event. But no, we have to have the Strowman Express and the meaningless, you know, handicap match as the fucking main event. Who and I didn't, I didn't forget, I didn't forget this, the one segment that featured Jeff Hardy being forced to take a urine test. <sighs> <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, at this at this point in the podcast, I would like to um, hold a moment of silence in memoriam for wrestling fans' dignity all around the world as it completely disappeared during this segment. Because, well, you could say that. I I usually say that word, but. <laughs> you're, you're more than welcome to it. But in this segment, ladies and gentlemen, Seamus had piss, a.k.a. apple juice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, by the way, I'm sorry. I just said to drag that doctor that they had with him. Did you yeah. eat who that was? Uh, no, I didn't apparently, catch it. Apparently some famous YouTuber known for his dabbing videos or whatever. I don't care. Oh, who is, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, like I said, so, social media and YouTube doesn't mean jack shit to me. So. I'm just saying, like, uh, like they, they wrote it, they wrote it, like, that he's someone important, like, it, like, it really matters to me. I don't care. We, oh, my God. Well, this... If if I had cared about the guy before this, I certainly wouldn't have cared about him after he took after he took uh, part in a, in a urine test segment. But it, it just it makes me physically ill. Like that's your that's your main event segment, and it and it can't be the Intercontinental Championship tournament finals after you've been focusing on this tournament for two months. Now I I originally I recorded this because uh we're gonna record we're gonna do this show on Saturday. But after watching that segment I'd already seen enough, so I just deleted this this show from my DVR. Yeah, well I don't blame you at all. So um Thank you for keeping that review mercifully short. And um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Father Elio, for your chivalrous display of mercy. I really appreciate it. Ben, why don't we fire up the DeLorean and go back in time to when pay-per-views were much better? Absolutely. And we will do that after this commercial. Fire the DeLorean. Yes, it's been a while. All right, we are going back to Sunday, June 15, 2003, for our review of WWE Bad Blood 2003. Absolutely. So let's take a look. In the first match, we start off with an interesting team here. Rodney Mack 
and Christopher Nowinski. Colorado, study and good. Go ahead. So as Elio was saying, the opening match was um, the Dudley Boys versus a very oddball pairing of Christopher Nowinski and Rodney Mack. That that, uh, that is odd. But uh, yeah, that um, that was very um, that was very odd. I. Um, I that's very weird, but apparently, what's even weirder is um is from what from what I'm looking at, unless I'm unless I'm getting this wrong, but from what I'm looking at, Nowinski got got the victory after um after spinning um. After spinning Bubba around and knocking him out with a metal mask wow. at, seven, at seven minutes and eight seconds. Wow. All right. So in the second match, because I pulled the results up on my computer while my iPad's uh, restarting, we had Scott Steiner defeating Tess. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on. Sorry, before, go on. Before we get to, to the matches, you're, you're, you're forgetting – Austin and Bischoff were participating this evening in a redneck triathlon. Oh, okay. Uh, because uh, they just have the matches this year. So go ahead. I all right. Go on. So apparently, uh, Bischoff was using the power of Zen versus Austin's redneck power. <laughs> what the what the fuck is this? <laughs> God damn, maybe I really shouldn't have cut you off. <laughs> but anyway, so, wait, say again. So Eric Bishop using his power zone against Austin's what? Redneck power. Ben, I'm gonna use my redneck power against your awesome power zen. And apparently, uh, Bischoff lost round one. They're not even telling us what the what the first event of the Redneck Triathlon was. Oh my but God. apparently, apparently Bischoff lost. Um, goddamn, someone paid money to watch this shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then we had the second match, right? All right, go ahead. Says Scott Steiner defeating Test in six minutes and twenty three seconds. For the managerial services of Stacy Hewer. Oh joy! Wait, hey, hey, don't knock it now. That's that's my hometown girl. I uh, I would kill for the for the quote-unquote managerial services of Stacey Hewer. My God, I want her managerial services today. All right. Good God. All right. Um, sorry, I had to have a moment. That was, you know, I love me some Stacey Hewer. I'm sorry. Um, not to mention ZZ Top is one of my favorite bands of all time, and they supplied her entrance music. Is she, is, is she your... um? Is she your version of the Iconics? 
Well, actually, no, actually, no. That would that would be Lita. Lita was my is my all time favorite. Uh, actually, hold on, hold on. You said ZZ Top provided her. Uh, well, they did the original, but uh, her version was done by Kid Rock. Um. Okay. Well, why that is the case when you got ZZ Top, I'll never fucking understand. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but no, yeah, no. That, 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 by the way, it's a terrible version because I I heard it on uh, my friend had a forcible the forcible Andre CD. Well, you know, and and I I um I actually enjoy Kid Rock's music, but Kid Rock versus ZZ Top, I'm going to take ZZ Top every time. So I don't I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but uh, but nonetheless, uh, next up we had. Uh, Christian versus Booker T for the Intercontinental Championship. Yep. And this is um, the disqualification in 7 minutes and 53 seconds. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so appara- apparently um, Christian won by uh, DQ because this I, – I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Elio, but wasn't this um, – was this um, was this Christian's uh, um, creepy little bastard phase or the temper tantrum phase? Mm-hmm. It was. This would have been in June. I'm gonna. I think this was around his uh, creepy little bastard because uh, didn't he have that uh, opera style uh, entrance theme? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. By the way, that I like that theme. It's pretty cool. Yes, that's the only thing with opera I've ever enjoyed, other than the eighteen twelve overture. If I come to my house on Sundays, my dad listens to Pavarotti all day. Uh, <laughs> you you have to listen to opera on Sundays. Oh, you poor bastard! Um, <laughs> well, this happens to my Spotify. I have these on. Tunes and drums sound out. Okay, but then after this match, we had Redneck Triathlon event number two. Oh, what, 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 what did we do in this one? Uh, well, let's see. Let me, let me, um, let me see. Appar- apparently, um, it was um, fitting a – this is just what I'm reading. I don't know if this is true. Okay. This was fitting a cowboy hat. No, no, no. That's what? What the fuck? I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Um, are lost with uh, what the round two was. So apparently, apparently, yes. Here, here. I'll just read. I'll just read this out and see if you can decode it. Now, this is all for a review of this. Um, it says, okay, problem with this. Everyone knows that rednecks can't eat pussy unless the woman is bow-legged because they can't fit their cowboy hat between the women's legs. I don't know what that has to do with a redneck. (laughs) 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 Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the the store's about to close in five minutes. Yeah, apparently someone was drunk when they were writing this, but um, apparently, um, 
Um, apparently, the, uh, the, the point of this was um, trying to figure out the flavor of different beverages um, because um, it, it was either going to be prune or because uh, May Young was involved. Or it was gonna be it was gonna be a sour ball. So it was some kind of drinking contest, and and, and Austin uh, forfeited because he's he stunned Bischoff. So it's tied one to one, and I, I do I do apologize for the earlier. Um, the earlier comment, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm reading. Well, well, oh, we, 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 we can edit that out of the final product. Final uh, product. Yeah, please, please do, because I didn't know it was going to say that, and I was just yeah. But anyway, uh, next up we had um, Keane and Rob Van Dam versus uh, versus uh, La Resistance. Ooh, my Canadian brothers. Well, not really. Actually, they're from France. What am I saying? Um, apparently, um... Actually, no. Hold on. Rene Dupree is Canadian. Right. So, the the French thing is just kind of weird. Um, but, um, but yeah, La Resistance uh, got, the, got the win after uh, some issues between Kane and RVD. Actually, my bad. So Van Grenier is also Canadian. He's from Montreal. I didn't know that. So then why? Well, well, French Canadian. So yeah, I guess Montreal. Yeah, French Canadian. That's why La Resistance. Ooh, yes. You see how I said that? La Resistance. <laughs> well, you you are Canadian, so I guess, and you, and you know French, so you would be able to pronounce that properly. We, oh, oui. um, bravo. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, next up, we had um, Ric Flair versus uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, I'm sorry, uh, before that, we had uh, one match before that Goldberg defeating Chris Jericho. Oh, I, oh that's right. I, I thought I had said that. Um, go, yeah, it. Um, I see what Goldberg could have been a bigger star in WWE, but of course, because he was a WCW guy, that was never going to happen. So he he got he got buried. Um, but at least he um, at least he did win this match with a spear and a jackhammer. Apparently, he was better at delivering spears and jackhammers in 2003 than he is nowadays. Uh, because that la- that last show in Saudi Arabia was fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no. The, the last the last showing he had was at uh, WrestleMania 36 against Braun Strowman, but that was equally fucking terrible. So. Nonetheless, um, so next up, as I as I previously mentioned, we had Ric Flair versus um, Shawn Michaels. And, and the most notable part of this match was uh, Ric Flair saying motherfucker on camera. Other than that, it was just a bunch of evolution nonsense. Um, so this could have been a classic, but they had too many run-ins. Uh, then we had um, 
Then we had Redneck Triathlon event number three. Oh, no. Which, which involved um, which involved a hog pen match. Oh, what? Which was which was awfully convenient because they had showed a hog pen on camera earlier, so you knew that that was going to come into play. The second hog pen match in history in WWE history. Yes, and and it says based off of based off of what I was reading earlier by accident. Uh, this, they said that um, Bischoff having to deal with hog pen crap in his face was only the second worst thing he had in his face. Um, because they were, earlier they were referring to May Young's private parts for some reason because of the Bronco Buster. Uh, which, which I was is, never a fan of May Young and uh, Fabulous uh, no, it was it was just weird to me, and it, it would turn my stomach. And to be honest with you, I thought it was a little bit exploitive on WWE's part, but that's just me. Uh, next up, we had the main event of the evening, and for me, what really sold the evening, which was uh, Triple H versus Kevin Nash, Hell in a Cell. Uh, this was one of the bloodiest, most physical... Um, Hell in a Cell that I've ever seen. Um, Mick Foley was the special guest ref. Now I'm guessing Kevin Nash was a face here. Um, t- technically, but they were both behaving as heels. Uh, and um, and uh, and Hunter escaped with a victory. After um, after help from Ric Flair, I believe. Um, but uh, surprisingly, uh, Foley took some nasty bumps in this match. You would have thought that he would have seen enough of Hell in a Cell to last him a lifetime. Uh, after right. after nine after ninety eight and two thousand, oh my god. Um, just, just let it go. Oh my lord. Yep. Um, but yeah, the the last two, uh, the last two matches were pretty good. Um, you know, because I remember watching this, so that's why I said that. But uh, the rest of it, much like Backlash last night, the rest of the car was just filler. Um, but uh, you know. But at least back in 2003, pay-per-views were entertaining. But yep. So somebody needs to take notes and and go back. Unfortunately, I don't think I don't think WWE and entertainment will be synonymous with each other until Vince steps aside. But that's just my own pessimistic thought. I suppose. All right, so that's our review of Backlash, WWE Backlash 2003. Ben, what do you say bring the show to a close? You mean, you mean Bad Blood 2003? Yeah, bad Blood. I said that. Uh, you got, you that, got two, you that got was one. That was a review of WWE Bad Blood 2003. Ben, what do you say bring the show to a close? Uh, absolutely. 
Now, speaking of uh, McMahon stepping aside, we have a big show planned this week on Saturday. Yes, we do. We, um, our, we have, our, of course, our regular weekly shows. And then, Ben, what do we have? We're going to be hosting a special review of the June 11th, uh, 2007 edition of Monday Night of Monday Night Raw, which featured the infamous limo explosion and Vince McMahon death angle. Yes, yes, indeed, and as well, we will be also be reviewing the follow-up episode from the week after on June eighteenth of two thousand seven. Yes, which um, I I believe that that was that was the very um, that was the very uh, controversial episode because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that the the tribute show that ultimately? No, no, went- no, no. That was uh, the follow up to the accident because they were talking to everyone to find out what really happened. But then, um, oh yeah, okay. The, the, okay. Week, the week after, they were gonna do the funeral on the June twenty fifth episode. But then, with everything that happened on that weekend, they did a tribute, um, okay, a, a so. championship uh, raw, and then uh, the week after, they did a tribute, I believe, or the following day. Okay, so I was I was just one week ahead, but you could you can understand the uh, yeah the confusion, but um. But yeah, we, we should have a very uh, fun show um, for you next week, something a little bit different. But uh, thanks I kind for of two- enjoyed that episode of uh, Raw when I was watching it back earlier today. Yeah, I, I, I'll have to watch it back in preparation, but I have uh, no problem doing that. Uh, in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed the show this evening. Uh, certainly hope you enjoyed it more than Packlash last night. Because... <laughs> Because if not, we have to get the fuck off the air if Backlash is better than the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, but have no fear because we will be back to save you from, WW, from WWE's medi- mediocre offerings right back here next week on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. All right. Well, fans, we'll talk to you then. For Michael Spen Pierce, I'm Elio Canella. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. See ya. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind